you having to make a lot of changes to the setup in between them to get it going? Uh, no, we, the last change we did was at round one and the rest of that were just tyre changes. The car pretty much felt the same the whole day. Also, you you were quite quite lucky then because everybody else was changing. I was getting loads of different conditions. It felt like one time it had grip, the next time it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So you were carrying an 11 in the first round and obviously looking at your looking at your scores at what point did you kind of look at it and think oh hold on and I might be might be on the cards here or was it a total surprise um well in the first round we, it was had pace I I got an 11th in round with two mistakes which was still good um yeah. I had a final lap pace I could tell off the sheets um we just had to wait and see what happened really because Anything could happen on that track. Yeah. So, in your qualifiers, who who else was in your heat? Were you finding it that you were in with some really quick guys that you could pace yourself off? Um, I was mainly in the mix of Jack Neal and Tyler in the middle of the run, like racing with. Yeah. So you were kind of you were kind of fighting with them for the positions, but. You know, did you have anybody like Craggy or Lee or anybody like that that you could see the ultimate pace of it to go for? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, round two and three, you said you had um, a couple more driver's errors. Yeah. Was that, was that just, do you think, the setup, you got a bit too confident and pushed it? Or do you think it was, you know, maybe the track conditions had slightly changed and caught you out? I think it was a bit of both, really. Um, I could have drove a bit better, tried to back off a bit more in them two rounds. Yeah. And then how did you get um, how did you get on in the the fourth round? Um, in the fourth round, it was going quite consistent. I, in about three and a half minutes in, I did have a bit of a drop off off the pace, and Jack Neal was in front of me on the clock. So around four minutes when it read the order out again, um, I knew to pick up the pace. So I pushed a little bit more. And then I think what happened with Jack Neely thought he was going over the line to finish because yeah. it was very close. And I think he just put power down because he think he was going to get caught on the line and he got caught on the pipe. And I think that allowed me to catch up to him. And I just stuck with him for the last lap. Yeah. And, of course, that's what gave you... What was your round score in round four? Um, it was an eighth in round. Yeah, so that is that, that your best round ever? Uh, I think so, yeah. That's pretty good, mate. It did look... The car did look, uh, look really good and it was going well and you were driving well. So, you find out you're in the A. How did that feel? Um, it was good. I didn't really know until I came off and Thomas Phipps mentioned it to me and my dad. Yeah. Um, which was a surprise. Well, we I think we've all seen it coming, mate, but um I don't think you really knew. You were walking over back to the uh the gazebos and everybody cheering for you. Whereas it was red out, weren't you? The official starting lineup. Yeah. So did you feel like you were walk walking back like a bit of a hero? A little bit. Yeah. So you're lining up on the grid. 
there's nine of the best in the country ahead of you. What are you thinking? Um, well, with tenth, you got nothing to lose. It's just go for it. Right. Okay. So you started off, and I'd like—I want to say you had a bit of luck. I think it was a bit of luck, but you also drove really, really well in that first leg to avoid some of the carnage that was going on. And uh, do you want to talk us through that run a little bit? Um, well, it started off. I tried well at the start because anything can happen at the first corner. I just backed it off a little bit just so I didn't get caught up in all the muddles at the start of the race. Um, and then lap two, around lap two, it was the um, incident on the back straight. I think you should remember. Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a very uh, movie moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, about three cars flying off, and I think it was me and Tommy just managed to power through and just not hit anything. Yeah, I think it was it was Jamie Hall. I think it might have been Ben Pugh. Uh, and, yeah. And another car all had a collision, didn't they? And there was parts in the air when you just uh, you and Tommy just pinned the throttle to the floor and bolted through it with bits bouncing off your windscreen. Yeah, it was a bit of carnage. Yeah. So Automatically, that's three cars out. So you've all, you've guaranteed a seventh then, and you're going around. Um, yeah. Just plugging away. It looked like a really, really consistent run. Um, but then obviously Ben Smith's car failed as well, didn't he? Yeah. So sixth in, sixth in your first ever A final from 10th. That's not a bad drive, is it? No, well, I was quite surprised when I came off. You were. Yeah, well, hopefully in a good way. Um, so leg two and three, you've already got a sick, but you're thinking, oh, maybe I could get it, get one of them again and get a nice little sixth, sixth overall. Um, well, there weren't any carnage this one, so I think Jamie, uh, like a minute in, he had a incident on the tabletop at the top left and he was really unlucky and he was in the pack with me Ben Pugh and Tom, Tommy yeah. um, and we were stuck in there for like three minutes just battling away Yeah, so you was it a ninth or something in the next round you got? In leg two or? In leg two yeah um, I got a tenth because what happened was um, I had an incident before and I was catching up and then three had a little wobble um, on one of the hairpins and I just got caught in the middle of it like, and I just ended up in the middle of the hose and I couldn't get out. Yeah. Okay, so you've had a sixth and a tenth, so you got 16 points. Where were you sitting? Do you know roughly where you were sitting in the overalls at that point? Uh, no. And so, good result in the third leg, and you could make a bit of a jump. How did you get on in that? Um, well, I was I worked my way up to six, I think it was, and then I was battling with Pugh um, coming onto the main straight, and I was up the inside of him. He got a bit of a tank slapper, and yeah. he just knocked me. Not much, but it just sent mine into a bit of a tank slapper, and then it just by itself off into the um, gate next to the doubles. 
You know what, mate? Out of all the drivers you could have mentioned there who could have like, intentionally like done something like that, I would never think it a pew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ben, Ben's isn't like that, so yeah. <laughs> Class. Yeah, it was, it was an know? accident. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. So, so where, did you, where did you finish in that final then, the last one? Uh, tenth. So where did you end up overall then? Uh, ninth. Ain't bad, mate. Cool. Yeah, that's not bad. You made made up a place in your first ever race, and you got two extra runs as well. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, know, you know when I made my first regional A final, oh, Charlie, God. I finished yeah. ninth after the, after three legs. <laughs> so you know, it's nothing something to worry to grumble about. Um, what do you think of the the grip of the of the track? Because I watched the videos of the A finals and it just looked like they were just on on ice. Was it like wet astro, but it was dry or, or what? Um, well, I found there was not a lot of side by. There was a decent amount of traction. Not saying it's like southpaw or anything, but there was a lot more traction like in a straight line than there was a side by. Yeah. Because uh, it looked like I mean the way they were they were sliding through the corners like coming like the well both days two was on four drive the corner at the end of the straight or the start of the straight whichever way you want if you get when you want to think about it that hairpin um, there was just there was just no sidewise at all was there no so what sort of setup were you running then were you running like a, a wet setup or uh, on, obviously on dry tyres or, or? Um, it was like pretty much a wet setup with dry tyres like you said yeah. wow. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy, absolutely crazy. So where where are you racing next then? Uh, Oswestry Stream uh, Regional. Oh yeah, two weeks time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, you got the halls. Um, we're not sure. I don't know if they're doing the regional or not, but there's, I think they're. There's, at the there's, there's no. There's hardly any big hitters booked in. Uh, I know, mate. Not there, mate. I know, yeah. Um, I think Ben Pugh's booked in there. I think still ninety-two people booked in. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think um, yeah. So we'll see. I know Keith's going now. Reg- so you might be up for a regional win there, Charlie. Might be. Well, yeah. 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 Is your, the, the, the your competition that I can think of off the top of my head would would be would be um, Keith, Ben Pugh, um, Lewis Hopkins, and. What's the other lad called? Gordy Phipps, Fitt. Thomas Phipps, I think. Yeah, I think they're the um, they, they they were the, the the headline superstars that we'd picked out anyway of the of the top five of the list. So, so you're yeah. on you're on for it, mate. Yeah, it's going to be hard to just get around that track. It's very small. Yeah, you'd be fine, mate. You'd be fine. Just just just, just send it. You won't have Chris there in your ear either, telling you to drive better. Yeah, no, I won't. I won't have a headache, but by the end of the day. <laughs> oh, it's a shame you're not doing the Euros, mate. But um, maybe next year, yeah. Yeah, maybe next year. Yeah, class, mum. All right then. Well, well, you've had your fifteen minutes now, kidder. So it's time for us to say goodbye. Before yeah. we go, is there anything you want to say? Um, anything you are happy about or anything at all, or do you just want to thank your sponsors? Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank the sponsors. Go for it then. Um, CML Associated, um, RDT, FF Racing, Vix Paints. Uh, yeah, I think that's all. Nice one, mate. Do you want to say the goodbyes, Chris? Yeah, mate. So, uh, 
Well, I won't see you till after the Euros now, but uh, we'll keep an eye on how you're doing, Charlie, and uh, good luck at Oswestry. Have a good one. Thanks, Chris. See you, see everybody. You see you next See you, Oswestry, mate. It's all right. All right, see you. Thanks for having me. And he's gone. How about that? Well, let's just point out, he thanked all his sponsors except the main one, who was sat next to him, which is his dad. Charlie, you so didn't, I'll, you didn't I'll say it on his behalf. I'll say it on behalf. Thank you, Neil, from Charlie. He yeah. loves you very much and couldn't do it without you. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so anyway, waiting in the wings now, we've got William White from Raceway 1. How you doing, William? You okay? Hi, Russ. Hi, Chris. How are things? Really good. Oh, really good. Excellent. How about, how about Charlie Saunders? Eh? Yeah. I don't think, you know, I spent my life trying to get to an A final. And he's only, only about two and a half years old and he's in there already. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. 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 He has really, really improved over the last couple of years. Um, and I'm I'm sure he'll say as well, he couldn't, like, I know we joke about him missing it with his dad, but he genuinely couldn't do it without his old man, so. Yeah, that's class. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the guys who have the dads there, especially the dad is kind of a hands-on technical sort of guy or able to deal with the car. I think uh, they have a great advantage. It's, ha- yeah. it's hard doing it on your own. If you're 13, 14, you're trying to do it on your own, you've no experience. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, Neil gave up racing to to, to look after Charlie. Um, yeah. It was just, just one week. He just turned up, and it was just Charlie. I was like, "What are you racing for?" He's just frying my brain, man. That's what he said. He's yeah, frying yeah, my yeah, brain yeah, trying yeah, to do just, two cars. Just, just too much. Yeah, yeah, just too much. Well, well, good on him, and I hope I wish him all the success in the future. It's fantastic to see. Yeah. yeah so, so on to the the main portion of the show, which is you. Then, will none of these. Uh, Sort of drop in the ocean, A finalists. Only been doing it five minutes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Turned up five minutes ago, goes and gets into an A final. Let's talk about William White. Obviously, everybody should be from Raceway. But um, most, yeah. of, most of the stuff you do on Raceway 1 doesn't really talk about yourself. So. We're interested in the story behind William White and how it all came to be. Sure. Well, my my racing, uh, you know, is has become quite domestic. I'm racing mostly at home. Uh, even the trips I used to do away either to the BRCA or to the US, they sort they're sort of taking a, a back seat now because Race A One has uh, grown so much and has come up in popularity, and it seems to be. People want me there as a as a reporter more than a racer. Oh, does that sometimes feel a bit uh, a bit bittersweet? That um, yes and no. You know, I really like what I'm doing. I love photography. I love I you know I kind of have an idea of, of where Raceway One is going, and I'm really enjoying the development of that and and taking my little steps towards the end results um but yeah i have to say just in um in bouton last weekend looking at that loose track i would have really loved to get out there and you know make my setup changes and see could i could i get stuck to that astroturf uh, yeah. but you know it's it's yeah a bit bittersweet but uh i'm happy enough so raceway one's your current thing but yes did you get started in a crazy little weird and wonderful world of scale um, motorsport as we now call it uh i i had a couple of goals of getting interested before i actually got a car so i was in school i suppose i was maybe 
10, 11 years of age. And there was a guy in my class who was racing Mardave mini stocks on a, uh, a tennis court locally. And he said, oh, come on, Dan, have a look. And I went down and my, my dad wasn't really a car guy. So he saw the, these little, uh, you know, I think he called them rats. I don't even call them cars. They were like rats going around, he said. And, uh, you know, he quickly scooped me away, not wanting, not wanting me to get too interested. Um, and then maybe it was another year or two after that. Uh, there used to be a club that uh, raced up next to a horse racing track just in the outskirts of Dublin. And my dad was big into horse racing. He was an amateur jockey for years. And, uh, of course, we'd go to the race meeting and par- park. Uh, part of the door I'd go right and across the field over to model car racing and he'd go left and towards the horses uh, and then eventually after a lot of nagging and a lot of, a lot of uh, complaining and really wanting to do something uh, when I was 12 a car was purchased for me which was oh, I can't remember what it was called I think it was called something kangaroo which was a bit like a Tamiya ripoff but not quite the same right. um, and I had that, and then that got destroyed, of course. I think it took me, I got on the 25th of December, and by New Year's Eve, the chassis was snapped on that, <laughs> uh, which, which, sort, which sort of set the tone for about 25 years. Um, and then uh, there was a Mardave Meteor purchase for me. And uh, we went to a local car show the, the summer after, I would have been 13 at that stage, went to um, a local car show. And there was the uh, Irish Model Racing Car Club, as it was known as at the time, uh, doing a demo day. And that was it. I went into the pit. I said, here I am. And uh, I'm ready to race. And uh, that that was it. And I sort of got involved then with Associated and had a, a little dealer drive with CML. Back, that would have been 94, 95. Um, had a good stab at winning... At the time, there was there was two Irish championships. There was one for the modified class, and there was one for twenty seven turn standard. Uh, do you guys even know what twenty seven turn yeah, standard yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty seven turn during the war. Yeah, new motors every event, you know, because they went off so quickly. The timing was so advanced on you could see them going down the straight with literally sparks coming out of the off the brushes at the back where they were arcing so much with the advanced timing um, and I had a cut at winning that I was, I was second and not my much uh, and then I went modified for a few years and ran out of money and gave up because you know at that point I think to do a season up at the sharp end you needed lots of motors and lots of batteries every year and I just didn't have the money at the time so I gave up and that would have been about 1997. Wow. And you had a, uh, you had a big break then, didn't you? What, what was big it? Big break. Come back about 2008, 2009. What, what, 2009. What dragged yeah, you back in? Was it ex- more expendable cash? Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, I, I, yeah. I remember you told me once yeah. before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been, off, I've, been, I've been off racing real cars. Uh, I'd spent plenty of money when we were in boom times here. And I'd had a good go at permanently damaging my body and um it just it, the recession came and my job changed and you know everything took a dip and there's a lot of people having financial worries and uh, i gave up the, the rallying and i came back to race was, uh, 
was there a lot of old faces there from from pre- yeah 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 so, uh, there were there was there's there's some guys who've been racing since you know i met them on my first day in 1992 and are still racing um and they were racing back then so i was turn up at the track and instantly recognize a few people which which helps and get trying to you know be, after being away for so long you, you forget things like uh you know how to solder i hadn't touched a soldering iron in, in years and years and you know what solder to buy all that sort of stuff so you get a lot of help and then you get back and and uh then lately i've got involved in uh in a scale but um before that happened you know i had a good cut at 10 scale i think i was over at the brca and made a couple of d finals and i went to the euros and made a d final and did a world's not unfortunately not a d final more like a H or J or something. I can't remember what it was way down. What, um, which, so, world, yeah. which, world, which world did you do? Slovakia. I was in Slovakia. Yeah. Which was, that was around the last time that I tried to race and report at Raceway 1, which was, um, I don't know whether you remember, but I used to try and do a lot of live videos, a yeah. lot of live finals, a lot of shaky videos, you know, yeah. the, <laughs> they call it the, par- the, the Parkinson's effect. It's like a Parkinson's disease. Any footage of an RC race is better than yeah. no footage when it's Sunday well, night yeah. and I'm wanting to watch and I want to know what happened now, not in a couple of days' yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But that was that was what Raceway One was founded on. It was all about um, you know, trying to get trying to get the live video out quickly. But but I took you know I've taken the advice that I got. Like a lot of people would approach me and they say, you know, the opening line is now look, you're doing something great. And we need it, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they come in with, you know, could you just get the camera onto a tripod? Could you just forget about doing it live where we've got a lot of time to wait around and it gets a bit boring and just, you know, do a, a mildly produced version of the race and have it up 20 minutes, half an hour, yeah. you know, 40 minutes after. Because really when I was doing live, you're only talking about a hundred, maybe 120 people watching yeah. while when I put up, something with a little bit of, and I'm not saying that they are well produced, but I'm just saying there's a bit of production that goes in, a bit of editing that goes in. I, I get about 400 watt views in the first hour, you know, which is a big improvement. So it's de- definitely going in the right direction. And it's there forever as well, isn't it? The, the good or the bad of that final is there, is there forever then, exactly. you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, where was I? I was, I was talking about my racing, and then we flipped onto race day one. Yeah, because because we were talking about the worlds in Slovakia, and, we, and you told, that was the last meeting you re, you reported and raced at at the same time. Yeah, I think so. I think it was. So, that was that. You know, that that's a tough week. The so, worlds. I don't know whether. Yeah, sorry. No, after you, you want to talk about the worlds? Go for it. Yeah, it was. You know, everyone wants to do the worlds to knock it off the bucket list. They want to say they've gone and done the worlds, and they you know they know where they sit in the world. It's it's an intense week. It's, in t- like, it's not like a Euros. A Euros is one step up from a national, but it's still fun. There's still relatively relaxed environment. Uh, it's not as commercially active as a Worlds is. Like the wor- all the factories turn up to a Worlds, all the radio producers turn up, all the tyre producers turn up, and they're all intensely waiting for this result so they can get the, the, me- the media cogs turning. Yeah. Uh, and it's very, it's very intense. It's very intense. Uh, do it once. Would you want to do it again? Hard. Maybe you do good. Maybe you had a good result, but you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it's the most enjoyable week's racing. Yeah. So, was that the point where you decided you were going to stop racing 
um, like big time and concentrate more on the on raceway one and just do more local stuff with the, with the, with the cars. Uh, yeah, at that point, I'd already started racing A scale nitro. At that point, uh, we've got some great tracks over here for A scale nitro, uh, and it's really enjoyable. And the, the racing, you know, the racing, uh, the guys who run nitro, they're they, they run it at, at a good pace, so the results won't be as good. But I know I've got sort of a, a bigger target to hit, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you go to you know, if you're on a 10 scale and all the meetings are like, you know, club races, you, you get a little bit bored. Yeah. Um, the A, the A scale nationals over here are great. They're big. They're two day events. They're it's it's big big scale, you know, and it's 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 a bigger challenge. I definitely enjoy that. And yeah. I don't report at them. I don't report at them, so I don't, I don't even bring a camera. That's all, all, all for you. Perfect. Perfect. It's all for me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I didn't, I made no decision to, to stop racing 10 scale at, at EOS and, and, uh, you know, the bigger events, Yeah. but it kind of, I knew it was going to be necessary when, you know, the, the organizers of the U S got in touch, uh, and said, you know, love what you do. Would you, would you sort of come on board in more official capacity? Um, and I knew when we had a few chats that they were looking for me to do quite a bit more than what I had been doing up to then. Uh, so I was already stretching racing and the racing was even compromised by taking photos. So there, there was no way I was going to be able to race as well. Uh, and that wasn't their intention. They intended for me to come and race and to, uh, and to, and to report as well, but it's, it's, it's too much. It's too yeah. much. Like last, last weekend, for instance, I did two almost 13 hour days where I didn't stop to chat to anyone. I didn't stop for lunch it was it was full on on the go you know uh, yeah. trying um, try and get all that content out yeah definitely i mean the, i was looking on your website and the round reports that you've done is is, is kind of like as much as you'd see in a magazine review you know there's, there's yeah. some monthly thing and you were doing four of them a day plus the finals and filming the finals yeah yeah well look you know uh, we're, we're trying we st- i sort of got thrown in at the deep end so i was doing the photos the photos were working out all right and then I'm in, and now I'm now I'm a media partner with someone, and they're going to expect the results. Um, I tend to analyze when I get home, so analyzing on the fly is a bit hard. So I tend to go at it for two days, do what I do what I can do, and then come home and say, right, where did I fall down? What was wrong? What where? What are the areas of improvement? Uh, like just last weekend in Bowden, we put up extra videos. We tried to get the TQ runs in. Uh, one and two wheel drive, one and four wheel drive. Yeah. Just to give that little bit extra because you can watch a final and you know the A finals just like the J final. You have a lucky one, you have an unlucky one. You don't know how it's gonna go. While qualifying rounds you can really see some fantastic performances when someone knows where they should be on the track when the buzzer goes and they're you know, we're all counting up to six, you know, as they come round the line knowing that he needs to get, you know, a, 306 second time you know it's it's tense yeah so um so i try and put a i try to put up a few more videos and just test the water and just see do i get more numbers on the video content now than the written content yeah. a, a lot of people don't like to read the read the reports you know a lot of people just say oh look at the pictures yeah it's i think it's that's the scrolling nation of people now on the phones isn't it 
Yeah. They don't, yeah. don't want to read. They don't want to read a two page on a scroll up and see the video. So. Oh, it, it is inter- it is interesting when you're what no matter what race meeting you're at um when you're when i know i have to report on certain things such as who was tq and round who beat who at the top end who were the first guys to go on to the lead lap in the midfield those sort of things you realize that there's intense battles going on further down the field that we aren't always aware of um you know right right down heat four heat four heat five the guy, the, you know, the guys are all in around the same the same pace, and and they're looking for those, you know, C final instead of D final positions. Yeah. Um. I I wouldn't have been as aware, and I, I'm becoming more aware now as I as I have to watch it. So what what would a, a typical national weekend be like for you then? How would would it, would it start on a Thursday? Or would it start on a Friday? Uh. Well, t- technically, it starts the weekend before because. Yeah. I have to have um, the graphics for the video overlays for all the sponsors and with the the uh, the event details up the top. I have to have that done. I have to have all the thumbnails for YouTube done. Uh, I have to have the template that the other reports go on to. That all has to be uh, modified from the previous events. Um, and there's a few jobs. You know, there might be there might be two or three four hours work that has to be done before yeah. I um where I come and then of course all the gear has to be cleaned because you wouldn't believe how tough model car racing is on camera equipment and laptops and routers and you know I had a brand I had a brand new uh, router and I could tell there was a bit of dust on the side so I popped it open just to have a look yeah. and it was full it was full of dust no way. it was it, it sort of amount of dust you'd get after maybe five years of use inside at home yeah. was in there after what was in there after one weekend you know <laughs> And all yeah. that takes time, you know, it all takes time. Uh, then, you know, shout out to uh, to Muz, to, to Mark Musgrove from, from Schumacher. He uh, coordinates with me then on the Friday before the event. Uh, hire cars have become unbelievable prices due to the car shortage in the UK. You could be looking at 100 for £120 a day to rent a Fiat 500. So it's just it's 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 not in the budget. So I typically get a train and meet Mark, and Mark drives me around. I feel strange calling him Mark; it's his name. It's, everyone knows him as Muzz, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Are you not telling us after all these years he prefers Mark? <laughs> Don't say this. It, 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 it's as he it, said that to you. Can you call me no, Mark, no, please? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has no. It's, de- it's definitely Moz. Cool. So uh, you know, he shuttles <laughs> me around, uh, and I, I really owe him one. He shuttles me around, and I get uh, I get brought to summer to have dinner in the evenings and things like that. So I really, really owe him one. Um, and then then it's the event. You know, we typically meet at half six in the morning because uh, we've got to be there before the drivers are up and alive and, and arrive. Um, and the, the photos start going straight away and I try and have um, you know somewhere between 150 and 200 photos up by by midday yeah the first day you know and you, you gotta you gotta take 1500 photos to get 250 usable ones yeah uh, the cars are just moving so quickly it's just it's really hard how do you get internet um do you just do it off your phone or because you said you had a router that's what no. I'm you know, asking for yeah no I I have an array of routers there's there's three three uh 4g internet connections all bonded together so if you're not not familiar with bonding is essentially no. well not bondage now this is bonding <laughs> uh 
what it is is that let's say I want to upload a photograph, I want it to remain high quality. I don't lose any quality by by compressing it too much. So in my computer, it gets chopped up into three pieces, and it goes out through my router to the local cell tower at the maximum speed that I can get from that cell tower per connection. And then it goes to a computer in London where there's matching software that takes those three pieces and joins them back up. And then from London on that server, it's sent out and is put up onto uh, the Google Drive where I keep all the photos. Woof. So, is, that, don't, is there an app for this or do you literally have to like do it all yourself? You there, know what I mean? Like there, set all yourself? Yeah. There, there is an app. There's a fantastic app that I just can't believe nobody knows about. It. Uh, it's called Speedify, S P E E D I F Y. Speedify. Uh, they charge you. It's like a hundred and something pounds a year. Uh, and is it worth it? Like I, I was downloading nearly at 15 megabits per second over 4G connections in the middle of nowhere, five kilometers from a tower. So it's it's about as good as you get. Yeah. Um. But you know, all that equipment costs money and time and effort, and but, you know, yeah, I suppose it's you know. stuff you build up over time as well. You know, I'm not taking yeah. it away from how yeah. expensive it no, must no. be, yeah, yeah. but you know, you, you, you obviously, obviously, it's going to make the show better as well. I've got to ask, say, it's um, Southport. Did you have Muzz plugged directly into your mixer or something for the commentary? Yeah, um, you know, as I was, as I was saying there a few minutes ago, I come home and I look at what I produced over the weekend. And I start to pick holes in it and I think of the next steps because I, I definitely want to be on a continuous improvement type of model so that we get somewhere, uh, you know, in, in six months or a year or maybe even two years time where we're going to become relatively untouchable for this type of service because it'll just take you so long to get into it, learning all the mistakes that I've learned. Um, because... Uh, It's um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought there. I was asking you about Muzz being piped into your mixer. Yes, your sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. So we, I came, I came back from uh, Kidderminster, and the commentary through the speakers on the rostrum is just not good enough. You can't, uh, you can hear it, but it's not nice. It doesn't sound professional. It sounds like I'm just a guy who's standing on the sidelines, who's, who's flicked his camera phone on, has taken a video. Um, so we got a little um, a little recorder that plugs into the mixer and race control. Yeah. And then then I have a lovely little piece of software where when I take that recorder and I put the file into my computer and I put the video into the same folder and I right click the two and I say sync audio, it yeah. lines it all up. Oh, I'll bet, I'll bet it just off the real beep. nice. I bet it just off the beeps or something like that, doesn't it? it, it, it yeah, creates, it's like, clever. It creates, big long waveform the full length thing and it matches as much of the text and stuff uh, and then you can set you can set it then it gives you sort of a range to offset so you can offset it like the tiniest little amount down to i don't know one hundredth of a second if there was just slight you know echo or something yeah and um, so i've got the hang of that now i think it was a lot better for for about and i think the audio certainly in, in round th- in leg three of two-wheel drive onwards it was um, it was good we yeah. did another we did a small technical gremlin around one uh, where someone had nudged a, nudged something and the, 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 the feed got turned down. But anyway, that's, oh, that's crazy. not here well, there. You, I mean, it's, good, it's good as well having ringside seats as well, isn't it, next to the track? Like at Kit, at Kit Gross, I saw you at Kitty, you were, you, you know, you were right at the top of race control 
full view of the track, bit of shade. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 they, they're really good. I, they asked me where do I want to be, uh, and I said, well, you know, I gotta, I gotta access the track a lot, um, because very often when there's a heat, I'll, I won't stay out watching the heat for the full five minutes. I'll go out, I'll get photos of two or three locations and might might take me 90 seconds or something like that or two minutes and then i'll come in and i'll try and get those photos processed and into the correct photo on the computer by the time the next heat is out so you know if you're going to spend 30 seconds or 45 seconds walking you know it, it adds up yeah you know and it's 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 it, this is all time sensitive i'm trying to do it all as quickly as possible so to have me trackside is fantastic yeah, that's cool. You got any questions, Chris? I feel like I'm going on here. Well, I mean, we've talked a lot about sort of Raceway 1 as it is now, but at what point was it the brainchild? When did you first go, you know what I want to do? I want to go and do this. Um, there was no specific moment. Um, Raceway 1... I think, I think you know, if you follow, if you listen to the podcast for years, I think when I was last on, which was a few years ago, um, I, the, with the risk of repeating myself, I, I'll, say, I'll tell the story again. But Raceway 1 came about where I found myself with uh, some some hosted internet space paid for and the, the name Raceway 1 paid for was all meant to be originally for a, uh, for a big indoor event that was cancelled. And... Um, I just started throwing some photos up um, and playing with doing various other websites, trying to make a website and uh, started putting photos up in galleries on, on, on Facebook. And then it just started to gather, gather momentum. Um, and the further, the, the more I did and the more I enjoyed it, the more I could see where it was, where it was going. Um, and that's kind of how it happened. Um, yeah, I I can see now where where it's going uh, a lot clearer than I could before COVID. Before COVID, where it was going to was just a little bit of sort of a dream, and now I can see fairly clearly where I think it would end, where it'll end up, which will be with a um, and this this is down the line. This is not not in the next uh, few weeks or anything, but I can see it ending up as a highlights real sort of program. Um, perhaps something like 20 or 25 minutes long um, that will try to give you a highlight of the whole meeting rather than just putting up the 3A finals. Um, it's, it's, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a bit of a task to get going, but um, I'm hoping to recruit a bit of help along the way and with, with, with that sort of goal in mind. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. And then, yeah, you- I think so. Yeah, um, would the twenty-five minutes cover like the whole weekend? That's off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, it would have to. It would have to be compressed. That would, yeah. I don't think that I don't think people's attention span would last for an hour uh, sitting there, you know, watching all the finals. It might even break up into into two highlights reels. Yeah, you know, for two wheel drive and four wheel drive. Um, you know, at the moment, it's an idea that I'm putting out there to see uh, to see if 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 there's an interest to see what general opinion, if, if that's the right direction to go in. Um, majority of people just raise their eyebrows when I say it, <laughs> as in, you know, th- that's a long way from where you are now. But, um, you know, I think 
you know, if you make if you plan and you you sort of push in a direction, hopefully you kind of end up where you want to go. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. You know, yeah, I think that's that's quite a. It's a. I don't want to say novel, but nobody's really done it before, have they? In terms of kind of like. I suppose it's a bit like a match of the day kind of program, yeah. but for yeah. RC cars. Yeah, exactly. A match of the day type of program with, uh, you know, some some professional or at least some semi-professional uh, production and uh, some proper, you know, would try and try and pull the commentator out of um, race control and make it a bit more, a bit more, a little less clubbish and a bit more, you know, Formula Prem- One. Yeah. Does that make any a bit sense? More Premier League kind of thing. A bit more Premier League, yeah. Now, you know, as I say, this is this is an end goal that's that's way out there, way out there. Uh, this is not going to be happening today or tomorrow, or maybe even in the next yeah, next two or three years. We'll have to continue to develop as we are at the moment. But it's where I'd like to see it go because uh, when I look at the analytics, the video content gets multiples of views more than the than the text you know uh the photos seem to be getting looked at by the people who are actually in the event uh typically people surfing the internet who weren't at the event aren't looking at the photos um the reports are being read by more people sure you know uh, but the videos like uh we're, we're we're getting a hundred and a reach of a hundred and twenty hundred and thirty thousand people a month uh, at the moment. So that's that's the number that I want to want to focus on rather than the two or three thousand people reading the report. Does that um, analytics show you like um, where the people are in England or Europe? Or yeah. The yeah. Main, is yeah. it all England or is yeah. it all around the world? It's it's the English speaking world for sure. Uh, definitely, there's interest definitely from France and from Belgium. Um, small amount from Italy uh, and small amount from Scandinavia. Um, mostly in the speaking world, uh, Britain would account for. I can't exactly remember the geography on Zoom, but I can remember the geography and the demographic combined. So British men aged between thirty-five and fifty-four make up over half of the people watching. Yeah, it's exactly the same as our figures. That is, I know that for for yeah. sure because I mentioned it to Chris all the time. Yeah. yeah, but it's weird though. So, only only sixty five percent of our listeners are from England. The rest are like America and Europe and stuff. Yeah, I think I'm some. I'm under twenty percent America. I think yeah. it's something like six to sixteen, seventeen percent. Uh, Britain accounts for. I can't quite remember, but I think I think it's something similar to you. I think it's it's yeah, you cool. know six yeah. Um, Australia, Australia features. I don't know why I'm popular in Australia. But, yeah, um, we've had messages from people in Australia. If you're listening, guys, AD, yeah. you're right. If you want to come yeah. and give us a shout, you can come on. Yeah, yeah, delighted. I've <laughs> never been to Australia. Maybe I got a maybe I got a bed and a dinner next time out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Class. delighted. Um, and then, uh, oh, we've one listener in Portugal. I hope that's Bruno. Yeah, I hope it's Bruno. Yeah, there's, he, there's always one from Portugal. Yeah, Bruno told us he listened to this show uh, because it helped us. It helped with his racing English, whatever that means. I oh, think he means, I think he means yeah, like yeah, understeer yeah. and and whatever on the gas yeah, and stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. But yeah, Bruno, Bruno has. I I like. I don't know Bruno particularly well. You know, we really only just sort of passing and hellos and the odd, you know, little interview and things. 
But um, I always get a smile because the guy's reactions when I'm just about to press the button on the camera are lightning. He could be picking his nose. And as soon as my finger is near that button, his yeah. pro kind of, you know, his, his image, you know, pops out and he's there and he's, you know, sort of slightly steely faced and, and you know, uh, Mediterranean looking, you know, you know how he is. Yeah. Um, so he's he's a pro. I like I like I like Bruno. Yeah, he's um, I've, I've 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 only spoke to him for three hours, and that's and, and those times we were interviewing him. Um, but yeah, he's the same guy. Yeah. yeah. So what's your what are your um your racing plans at the minute? Then have you got anything got anything coming up for yourself? Um, my racing plans. Uh, I have um Irish Ten Scale Nationals coming up. Um. You know, they're, they're small events, but I'm hoping hoping for a good one. Um, I got a tip today. Uh, this this is the most unverified uh, thing I can possibly say, but I'll say it anyway. And that it looks like we're going to Chico for the Worlds next year. Wow. Um, now that is that is so unofficial. I cannot tell you. It was just somebody who said it to me who uh, could be in the know. Um. So uh, I'd really like to go to Chico. Um, the, the if you remember back to the world's last time I was there, it looked really hard, um, and I think uh, I think I'd go okay on that track. To be honest, uh, the bit of a scale has given me some nice skills when the cars up in the air, and it was seemed to be a particularly flighty track. So I think I'd enjoy that. Yeah. So I've got a I've got a race here. I've got to qualify. I've got to do. We've got some rules here where you really have to support domestic racing if you want a world's place. So you've got to uh, do the minimum amount of counting around to the nationals here. Fair, um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I think that's fair. Um, and then uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm normally there thereabouts for having a shot at winning it. So I don't see why it would have changed this year. I should be there thereabouts. What, what tracks that at? Uh, that is at the DMCC, which is about 20 minutes north of um, Dublin Airport, which what, is really accessible. What surface is that? And it's uh, EOS carpet. It's a uh, quite tight track, lots of changes of direction. Like you'll use you'll use a front set of stagger ribs in two runs. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of turning, but um, but you know it's fine. We'll go. We'll race. It's as as. When people complain to me about tracks and things, I say, well, look, it's the same for everyone, you know? Yeah. Everybody who arrived here in the morning racing, there's the track. It's the same for everyone. I just go and race. Yeah. Don't bother complaining about the track. I knew a racing driver yeah. once said, you can never have, you're not allowed to have a favourite track because if you've got a favourite track, you've got a track you like the least, and that's the one you're always going to suffer on <laughs> Subcon- yes, subconsciously. Yeah, you've done a bit of real cars, yeah. not toys, but yeah, it's still, still the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, So I've got to do that. That's, that's the next race. That's, that's this Saturday coming. Um, and then I've got uh, we've got a new or a redeveloped one uh, A scale track opening shortly up in Navan, which is a town about uh, I don't know half an hour forty minutes north of Dublin. Um, and I'm looking forward to that getting my nitro back out. Um, and with all that going on, I still have uh, still got to go to British Nationals, and I've, I'm trying to wangle away to go to the Euros. Uh, for a day or maybe two, if I can't arrange flights, um, and I've got we've got EOS meetings coming up. We have uh, EOS in um, workshop, and then that's quickly followed. I think two weeks later, there'll be news soon about uh, 
uh, around at the Vienna uh, Hobby Show, which is that news is going to break soon. So that's that'll oh, that'll cool. be great in October. Yeah, I hear that show is absolutely awesome, and um, so I'm looking forward not only to to reporting but also getting around to have a look at that. Um, and then we'll have uh, and we've got the the BRC's 50th birthday coming up, which I know I'll be busy for. Um, so where are the weekends going? You know, I, I can't believe I can't believe it's going to be end of June. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's flown yeah. by. Feels like today yeah. is the first nice day of weather we've had as well because it was quite sunny here today. Um, <sighs> a lot of our meetings recently have all been raining. So in the Midlands, anyway. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, well, I've I've been lucky. I think every national I've gone to this year, uh, and Aidenburg's going to kill me for saying this, but the only one that it rained was Southport. I know. Yeah, sunny Southport. <laughs> <laughs> he always, he always says he's booked the weather, but he can never book it for two days in the in a row. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, so that's that's my plan. Um, you know, just just keep working on race one, try and make my racing smooth. Uh, I've got um, I've got a nine year old boy who's just started racing. He started racing e buggy, um, which is interesting because it's my e buggy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think I think I had to put two hundred pounds worth of spares into it last time I had to do a, an eighth national because of he bent and broken pretty yeah. much everything. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? The um, yeah. what was I going to say next? Oh yeah, that was it. Um, have, did you ever keep any old cars, vintage stuff? Um, I in about when I came back racing in two thousand nine. Um. One thing I didn't mention about when I when I gave up racing is that I was sort of forced into giving up from the point of view that we came back from a race. We had we had a, a national on the Saturday and then we were going club racing on the Sunday. And we thought it'd be a great idea to leave our stuff in the car <laughs> covered with a blanket. Yeah. Uh, and this is where this is 2009 and uh, came out in the morning and. Uh, They'd also stolen the back window of the of the car. <laughs> they t- they'd taken everything, and my beloved Losi Double X was taken. Uh, so when I came back, that was, sorry, that wasn't two thousand nine. That was back in nineteen ninety seven. That was ninety seven. Yeah, my Losi Double X taken. So when I came back racing in two thousand nine, I just had this little itch to get a Losi Double X. They were still available. There was plenty of them around. A little itch. And I went on to eBay and there's one there. I think it was £35. <laughs> and I bought myself a double X Kinwald, which had been used once or twice, but it had quite a lot of nonsense pieces put onto it. Uh, non-standard bits. Somebody had, you know, decided to hop the car up before even running it. Um, so anyway, I bought that and that sat up on that sat up on the shelf, untouched, covered in dust, with nobody shell on it until COVID came which was two years ago. Yeah. So it sat there over 10 years. Uh, so I'm out here. We're in lockdown. Can't go anywhere. My brain is melting because I can't keep myself active doing anything. And I come into the shed and say, I'll tie the shed up and reach into a cupboard and I pull out this low seat, this very poor condition low seat double X. And I have a look at it. And when I bought it, I didn't realize it was a Kinwalk. And I look and say, oh, blue motor plate. That's unusual. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's like original or is that a special model? And then I look around, I look at bits and pieces on, I soon work out that it's a Kinwall. Um and then I spent the whole of COVID annoying people like Rob Fox, who, who keeps the store apart, and Freddie Russell, uh, buying, you know, 
the correct washer which goes under certain bull studs and buying the correct blue rear springs which were like hen's teeth but I managed to get them in Texas and built a full start to finish anodizing kit because I couldn't get a blue motor plate but I did find out the die code that Losi used which was different to Trinity and got the correct die made it was £130 worth of die for 25 mils it's worth and it. I died and I died my motor plate and I got the wing buttons they they came in from Canada and I must have spent a thousand pounds building this car and I'm looking at it now and a huge smile is on my face because it I know that it's perfect right down to the correct spur gear the correct aerial tube the correct body shell I know that it's 100% perfect uh, and it brings me joy it absolutely brings me joy um and I had so many pieces left over and there were so many pieces that I bought that when I they, there were second hand pieces that I was going to sort of uh, recondition when they came here they just weren't good enough yeah. that I was actually able to build a full second car so you got a uh, runner as well I have a runner as well which has been it's got brushless and it's got a shorty lipo in it and it's got a it's been modernized, you know, yeah. um, you know, it's got modern, it's got hexes on it and all those sorts of things. And it's, it's fun to drive. Although I don't remember rear motor being so, so alien to drive, you know, rear motor really is a whole different style that I must've known at one point cause I raced rear motor for so many years, but it, it's very alien now. Yeah. You, you just can't carry the corner speed. Can you? No, no, it's like, it's like, you know, dive to the corner. It suits me because I've yeah. always been rubbish on apexes anyway. I'm always really slow at the apex. If I'm ever going to get wiped out, it's at the apex because I'm going around it so slowly. It's normally my fault. But yeah, but I'm all right into the corner and out of the corner. It's just through it. <laughs> so rear motor yeah. is, kind of, is, 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 quite, is quite nice. It suits you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bro. Um, yeah, so it's quite, uh, you know, ha- ha- happy that I, you know, and they don't, they don't make... They don't make 10 scales like they used to. God, that's a really sort of thing your dad would say now. They don't make it like they used to. But um, they like the double X, when you're building it, you're very aware this is a, you know, light duty racing car where the cars were struggling to do five minutes. It had to have every single little bit shaved off it. Like the screw kit I had to, it took two weeks to get the full screw kit together because there'd been some screws that were slightly long, you know, 14 mils put in where there should have been 16 mils or whatever the, the Imperial equivalent measurement is. I can't remember off the top of my head. And, you know, there's very, it's not like the modern cars where there's nearly all the screws are the same, or there might be all the chassis screws are all, you know, 10 mil. It has eight mils in some places, 10 mils in other, you know, little six mil stubby ones in others. It's, it, they're constantly just trying to shave the weight off and the attention to detail is huge. Um, I don't think we have that anymore. I think I think brushless and lipo and you know being able to run for twenty minutes if you want to, um, and this constant sort of um, development is rolling now. Development used to be I'll bring out a new car, and that's what I've developed to. That's a set point of development for now and for the year ahead, and yeah. we'll just race. And now it's now it's you know it's it's rolling the whole time, and that's I think why we're, we're running aluminium chassis. It's just it's just easier. It's easier if you need to 
change of shape for a chassis or need shortener for lengthen or whatever, it's it's cheap. While a mould for a composite chassis is, you know, quite a financial undertaking. Um, yeah, they just think the cars just lost their, just lost their slight finesse that they used to have. But they are very robust. You know, the, the cars used to it'd be very regular occurrence for cars twenty years ago to you know, go to an A final and three cars would break. Yeah. You know, arms be hanging off on that. That doesn't happen. Doesn't happen anymore. No, they're mega strong in the modern cars. You know, I mean, you've got to have a you've got to buy, you've got to have a serious sudden yeah. stop, haven't you? Really, for it to break. You know, yeah, yeah. And everyone goes, oh, I can't believe it broke when it did that. It's probably it was probably already broke. If if it breaks really easy, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was already broke, mate. <laughs> yeah, or or already cracked, or yeah. or or even even if it, even if it's not cracked, you know. The, all, all these plastics are rein, reinforced with glass and the glass strands just by stretching the arm you know with constant little touches the glass in the arm will fatigue yeah um, and that's why you get sort of a, the catastrophic break you know when, when eventually the glass the glass gives up and it's only the plastic that's left yeah so what um, eight cars what brand are you running um, well that's a controversial subject uh, I run I run HB Okay. Uh, through through uh, Peter Edern and Answer RC. Yeah. Um, but uh, because of Raceway One, um, I have to appear more or less and less biased. Or should I say, if there was ever any accusation of being biased, I ha- I have to be able to sort of um, defend myself. So I'm sort of stepping back from sponsored drives yeah um i think you know it, i was never on an amazing deal so it's not like i'm going to be uh you know at a major financial disadvantage by giving up sponsorship it was i really did it for the information uh, and i can probably get the information now anyway because people seem to know me and i you know i say i'm you know i'm running your car can you give me some tips yeah no problem yeah um but I think from the point of view of seeing me going around in a, in a t-shirt covering sponsors, those, those days are probably uh, probably over. Just so if somebody's reading my report and they see that I mentioned Schumacher 20 times, it, it doesn't cross their mind. Oh, of course, he's going to say Schumacher. He's a Schumacher driver. Well, I don't yeah. I don't that, you know I don't that situation. Yeah, ever I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I've said this numerous times about Muzz when he commentates on the, the finals. He never mentions brands. He always no. talks about the driver, no. um, and the, and I've seen this whether it's he's right commentating on this or touring cars or a, a club meeting or you know the yeah. the GPs. He, he never he's throw he rarely throws out a brand if ever. You know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Moz, when whenever whenever there he's in on some sort of uh, you know discussion about some decision that has to make that he's got to make, he, I'll always see him thinking, whatever the decision is, nobody can say. You know that decision was made because it suits Schumacher. He never wants that to come into the equation, um, and I know that's in, and that I know that's in his mind because he he mentions it quite often. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as an as an organizer, and he could you know he, he runs the racing. He, I don't think he could fix an event. You know, there's no opportunity for him to fix an event, no, or really any no, opportunity no. for him to, to you know. No. But but um, you know, but but as an organizer, you have to still still be sort of uh you know completely uh, unaccusable of being 
bias. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So how? Do, so with um, say you were in the Hot Bodies eighth car. There's, there's a couple yeah. of cars at Ledbury. You got them. They go really well. Astro. Well, they are obviously they're, they're a good car uh, anyway. Hey, you know, yeah. Look, I think A Scale recently has seen. Um, I remember I was talking about the, the low C double X and I was talking about set point in design where we sort of, we get to a point in design and that's the way it is for a few years. Yeah. Uh, see, that seems to have happened in A-scale now. You'll see that the uh, S-works and the associated and the X-ray are very similar. Yeah. Um, very similar as in you could take parts off one and put them onto the other and it wouldn't change the geometry. Um, you know, I'm not, not for one second saying that they copy each other. They, they, they might have all came to the same conclusion on their own. But um, but they are extremely similar. While the the hot bodies is sort of like the the old guard, you know, sort of like the uh, it's ready for a refresh. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I you know I run it. I run it loads of spares. I don't do that much racing. I'm still very competitive with it. We, I'm uh, the same. My, the, the eighth car that I've got um, is, is a few generations old now, but I've got a mountain full of yeah. spares for it, and, and I'm still racing the same people I always race <laughs> so yeah it's no yeah, problem exactly. is it you run whatever you, you got know, and that's you it know. I am I am aware like um my, my son's driving uh an x-ray an xb8e um, and I've you know set up and driven it and I've, I've raced with it as well just as sort of in the e-buggy class it doesn't really affect my uh doesn't really affect my nitro and um it's di- it's it's different now I know e-buggy is always going to be different to nitro but um I can see where the development has gone and I can see the improvements that have come in this, in this current generation of cars. Um, so, so I think, uh, yeah, I'm pro- I hope I don't get myself in trouble, but I think Hot Bodies uh, is ready, ready for refresh. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they might start working on a new car now. They've launched that term two or drive car. This is like 1200 pounds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Who's who's developing them? That's what I'd ask. You know who who who's in charge here? You know yeah. the old saying: who's in, who's in charge here? Um, you know we can see what Ronafalk has done with uh, with Mayako. You know, yeah. Um, a big loss to HB. I'm, no, I'm sure HB have, have have great designers, but um, nothing beats the quick guy putting it down the track and saying, yeah. "You know what's wrong? This is wrong. Do this." Yeah, can you change this, please? Uh, yeah. Yeah, can I change this? You know, we all get we all get the benefit. Yeah. All right, mate. We're coming towards the end of the show now, so um, yeah, it's time. It's time for our famous questions. I'm gonna oh. go, I'm gonna go first. Sure. Um, favorite track that you've ever been to? Favorite track that I've ever been to? Raced Christ. on or just been to? Christ, favorite track that I've ever been to. Well. Uh, my favorite, my favorite surfaces are definitely the um, the slower surfaces, like don't get, like carpet and astro. Yeah, great, fantastic. But I I find I don't know whether it's my age or what, but I find dirt racing and clay racing, um, it just feels more like racing car speeds as opposed to skeletric speeds. If that makes yeah. any sense. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to say uh, OCRC in uh, Huntington Beach in Los Angeles. Nice. 
Good which church. is gone now. Yeah, I, believe, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but I believe it's it's a church now. Yeah, but yeah. it was nice while I was there. Class. Do you want to ask the next one, Chris? Yeah. So, what would be your your favourite car you've ever had? For whatever reason, not necessarily it was the fastest, easiest to drive. Could be a bit of nostalgia, but what's the favourite? Uh, your favourite. Um. My favorite car I associate with the time when I went sort of my racing went up a notch. I went from, you know, a guy who could win club meetings to a guy who could go away and uh, not embarrass himself. Um, and a lot of that had had to do with um, going in under Lee Martin at LMR, who helped me out a lot. And so I have to say Yakima YZ2. Um, coming to Silverstone with it for the first time um, and being competitive was fantastic um, I also loved my uh, Low Double X4 that was another car that uh, I was competitive with uh, you know on, the, on at big events not, not, not club events so let, let's go with, let's go with the YZ2 Bo- boring choice but a, a lot of I have a lot of good memories that's crazy it was, it was a great car wasn't it so the width, sorry, yeah. again. I said no, it was a great car, so it's a it's a perfectly reasonable, yeah, reasonable choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, mate. Well, thank you for your time. Well, um, good luck with, with um, Raceway One going forward and into the future. Well, um, yeah, thanks look, very much. I, I look forward to watching the the at the national races every Saturday yeah. and well, as, as they appear on YouTube. It's, it's brilliant. So keep up the keep up the good work. If, if you don't if you don't mind a, a shameless plug and request. Um, if you watch Raceway One, this is to all your listeners. If you watch Raceway One and you see something you like, and equally something you don't like, where you can make some constructive criticism, write something in the comments and click subscribe and hit the notification bell and do all the things that we're, we all know to do with YouTube. Because as our numbers grow, we will start making our way up the list where you'll eventually just go onto youtube.com as someone who knows nothing about model car racing. And there it'll be right in front of you. All you'll have to do is click. Um, we we need numbers for that. So if you're if you're if you haven't liked and subscribed, and you'd like to help the sport, you know what to do. Cool. I'll post a link to your uh, YouTube on uh, in the on the when I post this as well. Um, thank you very much. Before we let you go, do you want to say thank you to anyone, friends, family, sponsors, long-suffering wife? <laughs> a funny story about my wife. Uh, very briefly. Um, we were, as I mentioned, the OCRC. My, my wife was working in Los Angeles, and that's how I ended up at the, at the Reedy Race. Um, I said, oh, I'll come with you. And if you're working, I'll, I'll go down and I'll, uh, I'll have a, a go to OCRC and go to the Reedy Race. And she said, well, I'm off that afternoon. I'll come down and I'll have a look. Now, she has never been to a model car meeting, ever. We've been married for, for t- over 10 years. And she knows that I go to the shed, and she knows that I go away on Sundays. But she actually has no idea about what the hell I'm doing. Just hope that I'm not with another woman. I saw anything apart from another woman, it's okay. So I said, Come on, we're going down, we're gonna to go to this place, this 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 track in Los Angeles, we're gonna have a look at this big race meeting. All the all the top guys in the world are gonna be there. Come on, we're gonna have a look. And she's like, oh, Okay, right, okay. So a coffee shop nearby. I said, I'll get you coffee on the way. Come on, we'll go. So we land down and OCRC was in a small industrial estate in a L-shaped industrial unit. Uh you wouldn't know anything was there apart from a sign on the door and a bit of a 
few a few signs saying you know hobby shop come on in um so we go in and instantly you're hit by the 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 moisture that's being sprayed into the air the whole time it's a very you know damp human atmosphere and there's you guys all over the place and all the usual stuff's going out racing and i suddenly realized that she's not right beside me and look around and she stopped at the door she's halfway in the door and she's just taking it all in and i looked at her sort of going are you okay she goes um i'll see you later and she went straight back out the door and up the road to the coffee shop (laughs) and a couple of hours later i picked her up and she said what the hell was that there was like nerds everywhere what's going on (laughs) and i said yeah i didn't think that was for you and she says that's what you do every weekend i said well not quite like that but sort of and she goes oh my god i'm glad you never brought me don't ever bring me to anything like that again (laughs) (laughs) so thank you to her for putting up with me (laughs) yeah class man you know yeah yeah awesome all right then mate um no doubt Chris will see you at the next national uh, hopefully more bumping yep. you at the Euros um, but up until we meet again I'll, we'll, we'll let you go super well thanks for having me on it be great no, cheers Will thank cheers. you bye cheers. see you guys bye bye and he's gone how about that nice yeah. one Will thanks for coming on that was really good it was really good to talk yeah it was um, he's been doing some great stuff at the nationals this year so I thought I'd poach him and we discussed it a couple of a yeah, couple well, of days ago and then before Broughton. Yeah, class mate, well done. Well yeah. done. Um so I didn't race this weekend, but you were at the National at Boughton. What, yeah. Did did you have a nice time, mate? Did you did, did you get t- stuck in the field? Did you have a puncture? Did you break your brake no, line? No, anything like that? No, nothing like that. Um the only calamities were on the way home when there was about four hundred toilet stops needed, but you know <laughs> nothing major. Um but yeah, no, it's always it's always a good visit to Bout, and it's a, it's a bit of a strange track. I don't necessarily gel with the track very well. It's not it's a bit too low grip for my liking. Um, but it's a, it's a great facility, and the guys all put on an absolute great meeting, and the track always you know looks fantastic. So it is a pleasure to visit there. Why, why do you think it's low grip, Chris? Is it, is it the Astro, or because it doesn't get used enough? I think it's a without meaning to cop out. I think no, it's no, a no. I'm not asking you to throw it under the bus. I'm just curious because no, I've seen the videos and it's, just, and it's just low grip. Yeah, I think yeah, but you've given me two options, and without trying to, you know, I just think it's a combination of both. Yeah, I think the Astro. It's a bit of a weird Astro for it's a longer pile, so it's a bit of a weird Astro for racing anyway. Yeah, as opposed to say Southport, where it's more like a felt type yeah. of Astro. Yeah. And the fact that there isn't a lot of running on it, um, you know, it doesn't brush the thing the one way. Um, maybe to some extent, cause I know, because we, like at Telford, we always run it, obviously, clockwise. Yeah. If we try to run anti-clockwise in some of the places, the grip disappears. And I know about, and they do chop and change the direction of the track quite a lot. Yeah. So, Maybe the Astros never quite brushed down in the right way. I don't. I genuinely don't know. I'm just spitballing, but yeah, That's it's cool. not my kind. Of Obviously, track, it's so. the same. It's the same for everyone, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, how did you get? How did you get on in um, two wheel drive then? Um, well, two wheel drive was a bit, <laughs> a bit of a weird one, really. So, 
Um, I went out in the first run. I'd kind of come together with this idea of this hybrid wet and dry car that was, it was lightweight, wet setup, but dry. Um, and to be honest, the car did feel, you know, reasonably good. Yeah. Um, I made a couple of small changes throughout the day, mainly um, toe and softening it up a little bit uh, in the suspension and the springs uh, and the oils. But apart from that, that was really a lot of all my changes, that and just playing with battery position. Uh, the first one, I I think I was car... I started off like car nine or something like that. And I went out, I was doing... car was flying, it felt really, really good. Um, and then I come round and a back marker sort of come off the track and then re-entered the track and drove into the front wheel of my car yeah and it popped it popped a turnbuckle off the front oh, uh so Miklos picked it up popped it back on chucked it back on the track for me but i'd lost 15 seconds yeah easy mate yeah yeah you know 15 20 that was, seconds. That's, that's quite good actually isn't it because you know you know yeah. it's like when you try you're at the side of the track and you feel like everyone's eyes are on you you're trying to push this flipping ball stood back on yeah, and it ain't I'm gonna go mate yeah. I stood I'd stood back on the rostrum. I yeah. thought it was done. I just yeah. pulled it up. I thought he'd picked it up to take it off. But now he popped the bolster back on and I just carried on for a minute or two just to keep the practice in, try some funky stuff. Um second run, I got a decent running. Um you know, it wasn't it wasn't a bad run. Uh and I had a sixty I think it was a sixty six in round. Um car, car felt very good. Um car felt pushable despite the low grip you obviously had to respect the low grip but it felt decent um so yes yeah, 66th round come back really positive so i thought right well i'll, I'll throw some new tires on it get the best of the grip get a, try and get another good banker in now um and then use that set of tires later on in the day um and again went out you know decent little run it felt felt nice um until um, a, a car that we were sort of not necessarily racing with, because it's qualifying, but we were we were tying backwards and forwards for um, for the lead. He uh, decided to drive straight into the back of me, and um, sorry, no, it was a lapped a lapped car. So I lapped him round the straight. And he hit the back of it, and that was the rear turn buckle. Uh, sheared a ball stood off. Oh, dear me. So, yeah, that was great. Um, and then fourth run, I went out, and I managed to do something like, I think it was a it was a good run, actually. I, I was happy with it. I had some good, uh, me and Callum Mitchell, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, pushing each other and pulling each other around the track, uh, working well together to get away from uh, the rest of the, the guys um and i just i i not rolled it like onto its roof for a marshal champions roll back on its wheels right at the end um and that dropped me down to third in that heat but it was still a i think it was a 63rd overall in round yeah so it put me off the line second in the um second in the eye i think it was 
which you know it's okay. Um, it's, it's it's not a bad one. So did you win that by a mile then, the i final? Well, I was I your went, sandbagger, I, just racing out there for a trophy. Was, well, you say sandbagger. I was hoping for the H final. Yeah. So my aim was only really one final higher, and I, and I missed it by two places. So not too disappointing. But still, I think it was achievable. Had I had those two full runs, I think it was probably achievable. Yeah. Um, maybe more towards the back of that final, but, you know, anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, went off the line, um, made a decent run. I mean, off the line, hole-shotted, I drove clean up whoever was first place. Yeah. Drove past them on the inside, went into the corner, and came back round, but uh, I did take a bit of a, a clip, um, which dropped me down to about third. And coming over the, there was like a double, a single, single. Yeah. Coming back, and um, there was the two in front, and then me. But there was probably no more than a metre from first front wheels to my back wing in third. Yeah. Um. And I don't know who clipped who or, or what happened, but as we went over the double, um, the two cars that were in front of me ended up on their roof, and mine took like, mine took like a knock, but it, it kind of just you just kept it, it pinned. It didn't really do much to it while I was in the air, so yeah. it did. Oh, it was all in the air. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was in the air. So those two cars go bouncing down the bit of track, and. Christ knows how, mine just landed on its wheels. Um, and from there, I managed to pull out. I think I just tried to keep it clean, keep it nice and smooth. Um, nothing heroic, nothing amazing. Um, and I just tried to keep it smooth. I managed to pull out about eight and a half seconds lead. Uh, and I can't remember who was in second. I think it was you and Jarman. Um, but I just... Towards like the last minute, I just backed it off for the last couple of laps, just made sure there was no errors. Well, the thing is, mate, on a track that low grip, um, if you got eight, if you got an eight second lead, no one's catching you. <laughs> you know what I mean? The thing <laughs> oh, is, they, mate, you just got to keep it clean. Because, uh, yeah, they are because of how easy it was to just over overdo the throttle and spin the car around. Yeah, you know, you could, you was, you could in one of the heats, I did that twice in a qualifier. You know, it, it was a real possibility. Eight seconds on that track was by no means, you know, a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, it was only about a third of a lap. So I backed off, and I, I think I pulled it home about three seconds in yeah. the lead, something per- like that. Perfect. And I won a, won a nice little finger drill prize for winning my <laughs> final, which is uh, great for us at the minute with all the pistons we're drilling. Yeah, how about, how about four-wheel drive? How did you get on there? Do you have a good? Oh, sorry, before we go, before we go to forward drive, do you have a good party on the Saturday night? Yeah, as always in the AE camp, camp, mate. We have a, we get the fire pit out. We have a good barbecue, a few beers, a few war stories. Yeah, it was, it was really good. It was good seeing everybody again. Um, but yeah, awesome, awesome evening. A great end to a decent Saturday. Hmm. Class. Um, and how about forward drive? Well, as we know, I'm not really the biggest fan of four wheel, but. I thought, well, with the low grip, maybe it might mean my aggressive style is a little bit, you know, I'm not going to be grip crawling everywhere. Um, 
made a few changes to the car in the morning, looking at, oh, after how low grip it was on the, the Saturday. I thought, well, so I cranked a bit extra toe on it. I, again, I softened off the suspension for the start of the day. Um, I went out in the practices with the slipper in because just looking at it, I mean, I talked to Jamie and he was saying how that the slipper would be faster because of their, you're not needing to separate the drive from the front and the rear wheels. Yeah. Um, and it's probably true if you've got the ability of Jamie Hall or Tommy Hall, but I haven't. I've got thumbs like sausages, so <laughs> I, I opted to put the diff in. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, that was the right thing. So I'd only got two, I'd got 300k in my diff. So I had to quickly swap that out for some 100k um, and get that done. So I did that, put the car out. Um, yeah, it, it was all right. It, it felt good. I had a decent enough run. Um, apart from, and I am going to name and shame. Oh, wonderful. I love it. Who is it? Who, I, am naming, I am going to name and shame. Well, and I don't mean this to sound nasty to him, but Craig Gibson hadn't spent... <laughs> Give out. He hadn't spent 10 seconds of that qualifying run on the racing line. So what he was doing on it when I came up to lap him <laughs> is a completely different bleeding question. So... <laughs> Yeah, I got boyoid. Um but yeah. It was what it was. It cost me it cost me about two and a half seconds. Um because it he come round the corner and he just bumped me off over into the side of the, the track at the end of the straight and I had to jump back on the track. Did you say sorry? No he didn't, he just walked off. He didn't even like No I mean you know, on the yeah. rostrum when you bumped into you, no, you didn't no. say sorry. No. Craig, uh, it's not very nice, man. Nah, so that's what they that Had he have apologised, he would not have got named and shamed. <laughs> well, you went the other end of the roster going, you wait till I'll record that podcast Tuesday. No, I'm going to smash I'm not, you. <laughs> I'm not you and he's not Princess. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh. Uh, but okay. yeah, so yeah. apart from that, there were just steady runs, a couple of changes, played with the anti-squat a bit. Um... I haven't struggled with the mezzo tyre really before, despite the fact that I am somebody who prefers a dart because you get the side bite. Yeah. Um, but I've really noticed it this weekend. Um, I lost a lot of confidence in being able to just throw the car into the track. Is that because it was sliding too much? Yeah, <laughs> just I just didn't have the measure yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, obviously, other people did. Um, it was it was. You know, 99.9% driver not being able to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, I watched the two-wheel drive finals, mate, on the Saturday, and the way they were drifting around that corner at the end of the straight, around that, like, double left-hander thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just next level, just next level, you know. And then yeah. through the chicanes in the middle, where there's just the cars were just basically on the tips of the, the spikes, just floating around. Yeah, know? that's it. Yeah, it was difficult. So, anyway, um, same position. Same final with the four-wheel drive. Um, I should have won it, but I didn't. I made a mistake after taking the lead. Uh, it cost me, um, and I think I finished. I finished by trying to push to. I'd got a good gap over third place, um, 
and fourth was just pulling away and I was trying to overdrive the car and a couple of mistakes meant I finished about six or seven seconds behind. Had I have just tried to maintain it on the track, I'd have probably got about two seconds behind, but the guy didn't make a mistake, so it would have made no difference to the yeah. result. Who won so the final? Do I don't think... remember his name, in all honesty. Okay. Was Gibbo in the same final as you? Uh, I don't believe he was. I think he was in one up from the bottom. Yeah. Cool. We love you, Craig. Because well, you, no, you didn't he... say sorry to, to, for smashing Chris off the track. You had to have he a bit of stick. Gibbo, Gibbo won the, the bottom final. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, cool. He won that one. Well, that's it, mate. Wait, you're racing here this weekend? Um, I'm not, mate. It's um, our full, week off. Full on Euro prep now. Yeah, it's stripping all the cars, rebuilding them, getting them ready, um, sorting out my bag, making sure everything I need is in there, packing the van, getting all that ready. You know, just yeah. just generally sorting everything out as best as I can. Yeah, um, I will, speaking of Euros, can I just uh, say, um, if you check out James Halliwell's Facebook page, he has asked for any volunteers or anything that may be able to help at the Euros this weekend, even if it's just for a few hours. Um, if you are planning on going up and having a, a, a little look around and seeing what's going on, what better way to do that than to get involved um, as part of the organising crew and helping James out where they need it for the Euros? Yeah, class, mate. Perfect. All right, and I'll, so I'll say thank you to the listener. And oh, no, I just sorry, mate. <coughs> I do apologise. I was about to, I was about to die then, um, but it only turned out it was just a cough. Uh, luckily, do you want to? Th- yeah, and lucky for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Horrible man. Do you want? Do you want to thank the sponsors, mate? Yeah. So as always, and um, every week, thank you to CML Distribution, to Schumacher Racing, and to Will Speed Racing. The guys keep us on air, they chuck us prizes, they make great products for you guys. Check them out, hit the website to give them some support. I'll say thank you to the listeners, guys. Thank you very much for listening to us to make a quick pause of ourselves every week for your listening pleasure. Um, don't forget to like and share. Um, if you like and share, you might win a prize at Christmas. It's as simple as that. Uh, that's it. We'll, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. And if you get into this end, to the end of the show, um, we do very much appreciate it. You are one of the participants. So thank you. Um, see you next week, Chris. Have a wonderful okay. weekend. Bye bye.